0: Philip Gustafson said no to arbitration as him and the Minnesota Wild come to an agreement on a three-year extension will break down all of the aspects of this deal, including the year-by-year breakdown, which may lead to another question that has to be asked on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. If this is your first time tuning in, Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week, especially when breaking news happens. If you are an everydayer who tunes in each and every day of the week, we're glad to have you back. We've got a lot in store coming up for the next two months that we'll tell you a little bit more about coming up later. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, all about the Philip Gustafson extension, a three year deal to stay with the Minnesota Wild. We'll break down the year-by-year cap hits and what this means for the goalie tandem going forward. Plus, does this mean the Wild are going to be getting rid of somebody before the start of the season to free up some cap space? We'll consider that possibility today, too. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, joined as we always are on Mondays by Alex Micheletti. And I don't know what it is lately... (laughs) But it seems like it's either been breaking news on Sundays, breaking news on Mondays, and this week is no extension. Alex, no arbitration for the Wild. Philip Gustafson has agreed to a three-year deal, $11.25 million, and an average annual value of $3.75 million. So before we dive into the particulars, what do you think about the new deal for Gus Bus?
1: Yeah, this is huge. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Guerin, for for breaking news again on a Sunday slash Monday. We we appreciate it for the podcast. Uh, yeah, um, huge to avoid arbitration. You know that can always be nasty, and um, we we saw earlier uh, in the morning uh, Troy Terry uh, valued himself at eight million, and the team uh, the Ducks had him at half that. So yeah, it uh, it's nice to to avoid that um, and. They also get an extra year out of it too, because in arbitration they wouldn't be able to get three years. So, um, huge, huge for that. And uh, like I mentioned uh, on Twitter too, it uh, you know kind of bridges the gap, you know, to get uh, uh, Wallstead cooking to be eventually um, the, you know, the, the one, a starter or, you know, full, full full-time starter. So yeah, this works out for, for both sides and, you know, good, good number for Gustafson. I'm sure he's pumped to, to get a little bit more than Samsonov too. Um, so yeah, big.
0: Yeah, it works. It works well on all sides. And I think what it also does, and we had talked about this a few weeks ago in getting that third year, for the wild that allows them next season. The first year that that deal kicks in, that'll be, you would expect when Volstead is up as the, as the backup slash one B. So you get that season to see what Jesper's got, see where he fits in. If he ends up being the legit guy, you know, he's going to be that guy. If you see enough from him, you have the next season and you have the season after that, if you decide, you know we we've got two starters here, and it makes the most sense to go fill a need by trading one of these guys. And that's not to say that let's let's say Gustafson continues on the role that he's on, he could uh, he could end up being the uh, the starter as well. And so the Wild give themselves options or how to handle this as this contract unfolds. If Valstead pans out the way they hope he does. He's your starter. If something happens, you've got Gustafson locked in and you have possibilities of what to do. And it's the the AAV is not that huge for goalies. I mean, Cam Talbot was getting uh three right around three when he was here. Mm-hmm. Marc Andre Fleury is getting three point five. So it's it's a it's a pretty, I think, reasonable offer for the wild that uh, that keeps Gustafson here.
1: Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, uh, I mean, you see some of the, the, the goalie contracts, um, you know, it's a lot, lot higher than that. So they got him at a fair, fair price. And, um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he would, he would want even more, but this, uh, you know, he, he seems like he uh, is com- really comfortable here and, uh, you know, they can start that Swedish tandem here <laughs> next, next season. And, uh, you yeah, know, and like you mentioned too, I mean, Walsh said he's not even 21 years old yet. So, I mean, this allows Gus to, to be the main guy for for a bit um, here. And um, like you said, uh, one of them could, you know, eventually be, be trade bait, which uh, which is huge. And, um, you know, who knows with, with the cap, it's obviously, you know, fingers crossed, going to continue to go up and up and, uh, yeah, you know, be, be very interesting.
0: Now, the most fascinating part about this is the year-by-year breakdown for the cap hits which, thank you to uh, Puckpedia for putting this together, year one's cap hit is $4.25 million. Year two is four, and year three is $3 is 3000000 So you're even going at a lesser hit for that first year in which pretty much all the money is available to use. Although, as we'll talk about a little more in depth, $4.25 million this season That plus Kalen Addison, when he accepts the qualifying offer, which is around 700 K, that's pretty much all the money that's left. And so there wasn't a ton of wiggle room to begin with. There's less now, which leads you to believe that that's not going to be the number that the wild are at when the season starts. There's probably something else that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. So as of right now, they have a little over 1.6 million in cap space. Um, so it's, it's very, very, very tight. I'm sure. I'm sure. They would love to, to move John Merrill if they, if they possibly could, uh, you know, but uh, you know, like, uh, like we've talked about in so many numerous episodes uh, the other teams see the tape, you know, um, right. you can't uh, pull a Houdini act on many teams. <laughs> and so, uh ideally they would love to move uh Merrill or, or golagoski but uh you know he, he golagoski's a lot harder to move cuz you have to ask him and uh, so yeah it's uh you know it's it's interesting uh you know i don't know if there's many other forwards that that they could possibly move you know maybe closer to the deadline depending on how the season um is going you could try to see if you could uh move uh, Felino cuz um the the type of, uh, you know, the way he plays is, is playoff hockey and you want, uh, um, you know, that grit. Um, and he'd be ideal for, you know, for teams looking for a guy like that that can help grind down teams. So, yeah, uh, a name to keep an eye on way later. But, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, still time to figure out what they're going to do. Most definitely. And
0: we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that to finish up the show because I have a theory as to kind of, we haven't seen some of this happen yet, um, but uh, yeah, it's a great deal for Gus, great deal for the Wilds, hard to uh, hard to not pull a lot of positives from this. I mean, I suppose you could look at it maybe as a – people will look at it as an overpay potentially, but again, like we talked about, with Marc-Andre Fleury getting 3.5 and some of the other goalies throughout the league, Aiden Hill getting – Four point nine. Uh, Gustafson's better than Aiden Hill. I'm sorry. Yes, 100. So, yeah, it's it, it is Mark. It is below market value. That's that's really the only way to look at this. So and,
1: and just one more thing too. Uh, like we mentioned a, a little little bit ago too on the episode. I mean Wall said it's only 20. Um, you don't see a lot of starting goalies in this league that young. Um, and right. so um, you know even though Gus has only done it for one year, what else are you going to do? I mean, I would rather I would rather take Gustafson right now over, um, you know, whatever is left um, in the pile of, uh, you know, backup goalies. Um, you know, other, otherwise then you're stuck with, you know, I know this guy just retired, but, you know, you have like Thomas Grice or Yaroslav Halak. No, no, thank you. I'd rather, I'd rather take, a shot at you know Augustusson for three yeah. years even though he's only proven it one time um you know he's shown uh, in this small sample size that um, that he that he's legit and I think he's just gonna continue on the way he played
0: most definitely
1: uh we're talking a lot
0: about contracts today because the athletic had another piece that they did uh, looking at the teams that have been most efficient, with using their cap. And so we'll discuss that. Should be spicy. Uh, as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild. After this. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel. And you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. Up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Unfortunately, Twins fans, if you've been paying attention lately, things haven't been going great. And so you are probably finding your best value in betting on the opponent of the Twins each time they take the field. Whoever you end up betting on, you can do so on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day for the everydayers. Locked on Wild bootcamp starts Tomorrow. So make sure you stay tuned as we get you ready fully for the start of the season with two months jam-packed of looks at everything you need to know for the 2023-2024 season. That's all starting tomorrow. You're on Locked on Wild. Continuing our chat with Alex Micheletti today, Alex, the athletic, took a look at every team in the NHL and looked at contract efficiency. Uh, just trying to find which teams are best at finding value contracts and getting the most out of the deals that they sign their players to. I will tell you, the Minnesota Wild ended up in the top 10. And so here's here's the top 10 before we focus in on the Wild specifically. Florida Panthers came in at number one. Uh, that Matthew Kachuk deal is is preposterous. The uh, the amount of surplus value that Kachuk is expected to generate over the course of the contract is forty nine point seven million dollars. So just uh, just sit on that one for a second. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes number two, Colorado Avalanche number three, Boston Bruins number four, New Jersey Devils number five, and your Minnesota Wild number six. And so, obviously, the Wild have been dealing with the cap hits of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, and will this season and next as well. But beyond that, the models that The Athletic uses project a ton of surplus value for Matt Boldy at $31.1 million over the course of his contract. Jule Eriksson $20.5 million of surplus value over the course of his deal. Kirill Kaprizov, $12.6 million of surplus value over the course of his deal. And so that just goes to show you that that has been kind of the, the tendency of this team is to try to lock players in as they see their value start to rise so that, yes, you're paying more on the front end, but you're also paying way less when players... Get into what is considered the peak of their career.
1: Yeah, they've they're they're hitting on these these deals, and uh, you know it's setting up for perfect timing in a couple of years when the when the buyouts are done. It's a giant, uh, you know, big time free agency class in the in a couple of years too. So uh, you know they're setting themselves up well to you know try to get a get a superstar. You know, it, it might be preposterous to think that they would come here to the to the wild, um, but um, you know, uh, you, you at least have to throw your name in the mix um, and and show these teams, hey, uh, you know, we have a ton of ton of uh, money now uh and you'll be playing with a Kirill Kaprizov a Matt Boldy you know <laughs> that is um you know I think a lot of players would would love to play with those guys so um you know Bill Guerin is taking a lot of heat for the buyouts but um you know they did it for a reason they had to do it uh, there was just no way that this team was going to continue to function very well with with Zach and 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 Ryan we just we heard all the stories about in the locker room, how yeah. big of a mess it was. And, you know, now they have, uh, you know, they younger guys stepping up in leadership roles. And uh, yeah, it's huge. And as was brought
0: up in the comments last week, and this is a really good point, is that the parisi Suitor era, that stuff that was going on behind the scenes, there was nobody really in a position to squelch it right away. Mm-mm. And so it was just allowed to continue and so that's that's kind of how this spiraled so far out of control. And I don't know if you heard, but um, Russo mentions what the penalty would have been for the cap recapture, had Zach Parise retired this season or next. Be like nine million dollars, or actually, it was last season or this season. Last year it would have been nine million dollars immediately. Like right now, you got to find nine million dollars to free up. This year it would have been nineteen. One nine million in terms of cap recapture penalties. And so that's and that's not something you have factored in. That's something that you have to come up with off the top. And so while those have been just sitting in the ether, that money has just been sitting there collecting dust, unusable. You have all these contracts and yes, not all of them have been hits. But you look at, for instance, Freddie Goudreau, his contract right now is what is the kind of expected value for a guy like that, $2.1 million. Marcus Johansson is generating um, $1.5 million in surplus value uh, over the course of his deal. Ryan Hartman, $3.7 million. And even guys like Jonas Brodeen and Jared Spurgeon, who we look at those contracts and we're like, geez, those are. <laughs> those are a little on the pricey end. Well, they're at they're performing at what is considered like that rate. So those contracts essentially are just even right now. And if you want to look at some John Merrill, for instance, that's one that's that's generating lower than um, that value. And so, okay, yeah, the John Merrill contract <laughs> is bad. Like yeah. if that if that ends up being one of the big misses by Bill Guerin over the course of these contracts. I'm, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, if those other, I mean, especially um, we, we, we've talked about this guy a couple of times, uh, you know, in previous episodes, Marcus Johansson. I mean, he, um, he's the, one of the biggest, you know, because, you know, he is going to be on the line with, with Matt Boldy, who you just gave a mm-hmm. giant, DL two And you're hoping that that chemistry continues and, uh, you know, getting uh, Marcus Johansson was, was huge at the, you know, at the deadline because um, you know, he wasn't uh, on the team at the beginning of the year. And then when he was with Matt Boldy, Boldy kind of really, <laughs> really had a terrific stretch there with, with them together. And so you're hoping that it can continues um, here going forward. And they mentioned
0: as well, that if you take out the dead cap money, the $14.7 million in dead cap, uh, the wild would be in first on this list Uh, because those top four guys that you mentioned are generating Boldy, Eriksson, Eck, Caprizov and Hartman. They're generating ironically enough about $15 million of extra value per season. So it's funny how that money just all seems to, even out. And so it it is interesting to look at these types of contracts like Gustafson gets and say, okay, you factor that in considering previous contracts that have been signed by wild players. And there is an expectation that guys exceed their value. um, And that's where you make your money. So it's, it's interesting to look uh, to look at all these as they play out, but, As we started to discuss, I feel like something else is coming. Somebody is going to be moved because there really is no wiggle room. And we know (laughs) that the course of an NHL season, not everything goes according to plan. So we'll finish today's episode by taking a look at what could be done to free up potential money for during the season. That's on the way as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, get ready for Lockdown Wild boot camp starting tomorrow as we'll get you fully ready for the start of the 2023-2024 season with a look at everything that could factor in to how the Wild do either win or lose throughout the year. Alex, I feel like somebody is going to get moved because we talked about the Philip Gustafson contract. The first-year cap hit $4.25 million. You add Kalen Addison's qualifying offer to that, which is like 720. It's 720-something 720 thousand. It's it's right down to the dollar amount. So you add that to it, and you're right at about $5 million between those two guys and what the wild have left for cap room to navigate through the season for injury and what have you. It's not a lot, but I think this is where we see the benefit of having Iowa, the farm system so close is the, the NHL salary cap is weird. Let's let's just say that (laughs) we may see that this team doesn't, oftentimes carry a 13th forward uh, just so that they can accumulate some cap during the course of the season. And then if they need somebody to come up and uh, and fill in for somebody that's injured, that then is where you see them call somebody up to uh, to come and step in.
1: Yeah. And you also have the Marco conundrum. <laughs> Rossi, what, I mean, <laughs> how long of a leash is uh, Dean going to have with him? Uh, because if he struggles again, uh, I mean, are they sending him to Iowa? And then, uh, I mean, are you calling up a Sammy Walker? Are you, you know, it's going to be between Sammy, Vinny, uh, Letary, um, and uh, and an Adam Beckman. Um, so those those three are right on right on the edge, uh, hoping for a chance. Um, and so, yeah, it's <laughs> they're cutting it really, really, really close. Um, in, you know, if, if an injury happens uh, right away,
0: and it depends entirely on how this season goes because if this team ends up being in the hunt for a wild card spot or in that top three in the division, you're probably not going to have the ability to add anything at the deadline. No, for one. So put that out into, into the, the internet. If you, if things don't go according to plan, you've got guys on the last year of their deal, such as, Matt Zuccarello, Marcus Foligno, Ryan Hartman. But let's let's be real about where those guys would most accurately slot into a lineup. If you're a team like, let's just throw the Boston Bruins out there. They're probably not going to be as good this year as they were last year, but they should probably still be a playoff team. If it gets to the deadline and they're looking for somebody to fill in in their bottom six, That'd be a spot for, say, Marcus Felino, Ryan Hartman as well. Uh, I still feel like Zuccarello is a is a top-six guy, maybe not a top-line guy. But if you're looking at a postseason team, these guys just fall a lot lower in the pecking order uh, because of, of how they're built already. And so it, it's going to be tricky, I think, to get substance value back. If you deal some of these guys when we hit the trade deadline, if this season doesn't go according to plan,
1: yeah, even if it does go according to plan, they might still move move a guy. It's like the Twins right now; they're uh, in first place, but they might move a uh, Kenta Maeda or Sonny Gray. So it might be that type of situation too, where the Wild, uh, because those guys are in a uh, you know in their last year deal, and they might not re-sign them. That hey, they might you know try a hockey trade where they try to get a younger player, uh, but sure. it's still NHL level or, you know, one again, kind of like a Vinnie Latari who's a, a tweener where they, you know, um, could, uh, you know, play in the NHL or AHL, you know, depending on uh, the situation. So, you know, you might, you might see something like that, even if they're still in the hunt, um, you, know, if, you know, if they can find somebody that could help contribute in the playoffs, I think, uh, you know, Bill Guerin would, would do that type of hockey trade.
0: I'm going to put it at a 0% chance and it can't be absolute zero because there's nothing is absolute zero slim to none under a 1% chance that Marc-Andre Fleury is moved Mm -hmm. or Alex Goligoski, because those guys are at the, at the end of the line and they value, I think more fit than like uprooting and going to somebody during the playoff push to, uh, to try to help out that way. So I don't think those guys end up getting moved, which then leads to those other three, or as we've discussed, and it seems like his name has been brought up a ton, <laughs> John Errol. Yeah. Let's, not, let's not forget. It was last season on August 31st, that Bill Guerin traded Dmitry Kulikov to the Anaheim Ducks for <laughs> a thank you note essentially. <laughs> so it is still possible to make trades. It's just, it's down to a very small number of players that actually could get moved. And so I just, I feel like this team could benefit from having a couple million bucks additional to navigate through some dicey injury situations. And so I guess we'll wait and see, but uh, that's just kind of, that's just kind of my hunch as to how this plays out.
1: Yeah, and we we always make jokes about this, but the Wild, for whatever reason, just are a team that never has an LTIR type of situation, which yeah, <laughs> which would really help the the Wilds uh, cap situation. But they've they've never had to go that route, which is very very interesting.
0: Yeah, it's just it's not something that they've used to the degree that the Tampa Bay Lightning have <laughs> made it famous for. So. We'll we'll see how it plays out. But what we do know is Philip Gustafson is here for the next three seasons. Should also mention we didn't get to this five team uh, no trade for Gustafson in the final year of his deal, which is a little bit of relief in that area. But that also tells you that the wild are thinking a similar thing is to if one of these guys ends up being the legit guy both of them will not be here by the end of the contract. So Mm. just some food for thoughts for, uh, for that, but that will do it for today's episode of lockdown wild. Once again, if this is your first time tuning in to lockdown wild, we thank you for making lockdown wild your first listen each and every day. And we hope that you subscribe and stick with us through the rest of the off season for the everydayers. We will see you bright and early tomorrow for boot camp as we get started gearing up for the 2023-2024 season. So make sure that you turn notifications on so you don't miss out on any new content throughout the course of the week and the rest of the offseason. We have new episodes all week long as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.